0: Condon, Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, myself, Ken Miller, with you uh, here until noon. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list today, we're going to uh, take a look at one of our teams. We do this so a couple of times a week. At least we do our best to get that in. Roshan Corporation sponsors our look back during the time when there hasn't been sports. We've looked back at some of the better teams, whether they be clones, hawks, Panthers or Bulldogs today it's the 2013-2014 oh what might have been Iowa State Cyclones men's basketball program a team that would fall uh, to UConn and would do so without George Niang who was on the bench but in a walking brute after uh, breaking uh, breaking his foot or his ankle I think it was his foot I think it was his foot uh, earlier in the first game of the tournament, right before the North Carolina game, so I want to say it was the opener. Anyways, uh, we'll take a look back at the 2013-14 team, a team that had a bunch of good players, including one of the more unstoppable players, in my opinion,
1: um, matchup-wise. I mean, Royce White was the ultimate. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Kane was pretty good in his own right. You know, and thinking about this guy coming in, there was some fanfare. He was a certainly a very coveted transfer in the transfer market at that time, and more teams were starting to get involved. Some of the other power programs. You're thinking, now eh, this guy from Marshall, big step in, in competition, how good can he be? But his length, his ability to get mm-hmm. into the lane and post up smaller defenders, get in there and finish. And all well, he did that against Carolina, the game winner, with uh, just over uh, two, a second left to win that one, he was unstoppable. That team, the young kind of core. That grew into what yeah, they were. Yeah, Thomas and Morris were freshmen that year, right? Yes, I believe they were. It was a really, really fun team to watch. And looking back upon it, got off to a really good start. Then middle of the season, early in Big Twelve play, kind of faltered for a while. I think lost four out of five at one point, but came back won their first Big 12 tournament title since 2000, mm-hmm. and then a run to the Sweet 16.
0: Yeah, so we'll talk about that more so coming up here in about 10 or 15 minutes or thereabouts. At 10.35, our friend Kenny White from Las Vegas, kennywhitesports.com. Um, if you weren't, weren't listening to the show last year uh, during football season, we're, we're fortunate to get Kenny White uh, on a weekly basis. This is his resume in a nutshell. He's 20-something years old, and he's setting lines for the biggest properties on the strip. Las Vegas. I mean, th- 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 he's that young and was that coveted, uh, his point spread, and more so his power rankings, that everybody was hiring him. The. Um most well-known line maker, 80s and 90s, and now he's he's on his own, KennyWhiteSports.com. You see him on OESPN, and I know Hassel had him earlier in the week. Chris Hassel had him on his show. So we're going to do some NFL win totals with Kenny White, pursuant to, more so to the you know the four, air quote, local teams, getting some other things. This college football power ranking book has already uh, been published. Of course, it comes with a money-back guarantee if there is no college football. To that end, when we
1: uh, kind of went over the plans for today, Show you told me Phil Steele,
0: yes, has uh kind of tapped the brakes a little bit on his publication.
1: You know, this is normally the time where we're starting. How many was, more weeks is it going to be out early June? Are we going to get it before you heard anything? Memorial Day weekend? Have you, have you stopped by Barnes and Noble? Not this year. And I looked on his website, it's funny you say that just yesterday. Uh, I don't know what we were talking about, but it triggered in my mind when I did shipping august of 2020 mm. so that is going to be pushed back from when we normally are I wonder well, the how the schedule's that, not set well that's very true and i mean rosters aren't exactly set as we normally right. know it transfers are going on speaking of transfers iowa state picked up a grad transfer from north carolina over the weekend Saw for football that. yeah
0: safety right
1: so because of that i i'm sure that's a big reason there's no spring practice that's a big part of what phil mm-hmm. steele does talking yep. to a lot of the coaches so yeah, everything gets pushed back, and I wonder does that lead to you know the Athlons of the world, Street and Smith, all those other magazines? Well, doing they the same. should be out by now. They normally they, are.
0: They normally beat Memorial Day, and well, Memorial Day's this weekend. So yeah. you know what? I don't know. I haven't been to the grocery store in a while, and <laughs> right? when I'm in there, I'm certainly not hanging around. Mm-hmm. I'm got a mission. I'm in and I'm out. Uh, but and and again, remember the magazine aisle? It used to stretch for oh, the, yes. like the length of a whole aisle. Now it's
1: maybe. Five, six feet. Might be be time to mask up today. Maybe I'll see if I can find some time this afternoon, mask up and go to Barnes and Noble. But would it be worth it to to get him right now? Because this, I mean, we hope that the full schedules play, but I think that this is why, you know, guys
0: like Phil Steele, they're waiting as long as they possibly can because their schedule analysis is such a big part of his publication. So, Mm -hmm. um, what day in August?
1: Early August? Middle? It just said August of 2020. August. Yeah, it okay. didn't say a date or anything like that. And, you know, you see him, if you follow him on Twitter, he talks about, uh, we're sending it to the publisher now. And usually even right. after that, it's a couple of weeks. Yep. So the work that it he was normally like does.
0: the 20th of somewhere around there June last year, I want to is say. Is that what it was? I think it was, late. it was closer to July than it was to May when it came out in June. Speaking of Twitter, I want to get this in here, Trent, because yep. credit where credit is due. Uh, before I went to bed last night, I was... Doubled over in tears. Now maybe it struck my funny bone, and maybe it was at that point of the night where I'm a little bit punchy. I have no idea who the creative person is at Who TV when it comes to sports. But you know, the Jordan Jams thing is such a big deal now,
1: right? It, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah,
0: because and as soon as as soon as we saw him on the bus on Sunday night, we knew that somebody was going to take that. That that soon would have its own Twitter account, right? The Jordan jams or whatever it was. It's just
1: ten seconds of him with the headphones yep. on. Bopping listening to in something. his seat. and
0: he always took the same seat on the bus. Yeah. Did you notice that? Back of the bus, back of the bus, not the far, far back. That seemed like that's where they kept Ron Harper. That's where he was sprawled out on the on the one at the very back. But Jordan was just, you know, in the back row, but on the right hand side of the bus. But anyways. Uh, WHO, whoever the creative person, I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a collaborative effort. Maybe Murph comes up with something. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a Sears. Maybe it's, what's his name? Freud. Freud. Yeah. Um, I mean, Murphy's been the constant, right? Hassel was so good for so many years. So talented. But this Jordan jams that they put out yesterday. I don't want to spoil it for people. Yes. I don't
1: just go look, look it's at sound Soundoff offs, Twitter feed. Yep. Yeah. And, um, if you see it's at Jordan jamming. Is the Twitter account where there are dozens of songs and him mm-hmm. beating to it, and the way they cut it, whoever does that edit is just so good. Oh kind of having his head beat with the music at the right time and yep. and cutting into the 10, 11 seconds of, of all the clip that you get, but it's incredibly well done. And then we get the local flair, and oh, you're right, right. don't want to ruin it, but go to Sound well, Off so Twitter Am I, I over
0: exaggerating? No, it's great. It I mean, I, really I have a few beers at that point, right? And you <laughs> okay. know, maybe a puff of that, uh, uh-huh. maybe maybe. Um, Oh, God, it's good. <laughs> Anyways, I, I, I was just doubled up in laughter. I thought it, it struck my funny bone. And congr- and hats off to whoever did it. I yeah. mean, they, they come up with some of the, you know, some really good creative stuff over there and wanted to make sure that I tip my cap to them for doing that.
1: Yeah, well done. Certainly a tip of the cap. Speaking of the local front. Uh, did a show yesterday with Pete Tarpey over at CISN. I do a lot of high school work with them, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the site where they stream the video yep. of the games, right? Yeah, you can catch with, uh, different. Play- I mean, you do a ton of play by play.
0: Who else does play by play in the market?
1: Emory did uh, some play by play. Emery Songer, who you hear here on KXNO yep. with the Saturday morning pregame, he does a bunch. You get Dar Danielson, yep, and yep. Uh, we know Sue here in right. the building, but Dar does a whole lot for him too. Some other people pop in from time to time, but. During football season, three, four sometimes live games that they have streamed there. Basketball, wrestling, a little baseball, softball, hopefully this summer. And talked to both the Yankee Centennial coaches yesterday in our conversation. Mark High, the the baseball coach, and then softball side, it was Brett Delaney. It wasn't anything that they said, but I received a few phone calls. I talked to a couple of people, both in the athletic director chair and coaches for the summer sports. You had asked me a week ago. Are they playing? No chance. Mm -hmm. I just, I felt like it was trending that direction. Certainly, at least from the school front, that conversation is changing. And there are more and more schools that are putting pressure on both the union and the association. Let's give it a go. Mm -hmm. We're talking about open air. We're not talking about eight, 10,000 people at Valley Stadium. You're talking about hundreds of people at a softball and baseball so game. So they will let fans show
0: up, bring your lawn chair, yes. sit around the the fences, yep. social distance, those type of things. But you'll be able to go and watch. They
1: It's not inside a gym. It's not right, volleyball. It's right. not basketball. Wrestling, it is more that way. You're going to do things to disinfect the balls. I mean, there's a host of parameters that they still want to do, but... It sounds like more and more the schools, at least some of them, uh-huh. are at least making those conversations. And and when would they be – I mean, they've got to get the green light, right? I yes. know they want to do so. And that will start with the governor. She has right. said that she will make that decision by June 1st. Okay. Kim Reynolds will make the decision if she was going to – And that's to, a, week from, a week from Monday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are getting right to that time that the decision needs to be made. If that happens, that means the practice can start immediately. Wow. Coaches have already been working on that. What they're going to do, uh, Brett Delaney, the softball coach for Centennial, said, probably going to do it in shifts. Not going to bring the whole varsity team in at one time. We'll do that to try to kind of make their group together. They talked about social distancing inside the dugouts,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not having your full team inside the dugout. Maybe will they take a page out of the minor, of the major
0: league kind of playbook, if you will, for so. handling this? No high fives, no mm-hmm. lineup, no sunflower no celebrations, seeds. no sunflower seeds. Um, yeah, I mean, somebody hits a home run, dug dugout celebration, right? Well, that's interesting. So but it's you, open it's, air.
1: Yeah, is kind of the thought process. It's open air. It's out there, and it's kids just they haven't been stricken with this, mm-hmm. and because of that, yeah, Grandpa's got a heart condition. Grandpa probably shouldn't be going to that, right? But that's regardless of what it is. Even if they're whatever event it may be, shouldn't be going to it. But it, we'll see. It, it comes down. And the other aspect, the liability side, both for the schools and then the association and union, how does that sit? Is there a waiver process that all these parents and players have to sign Mm -hmm. in order to do that? If you're going to go to one of these games, do you have to sign a waiver? I mean, on and on, that's what the school districts are also looking at, that liability that's certainly going to be a big So
0: let's take it a step forward, Trent, if if indeed we do have softball and baseball in some form. Now, did they mention, before we take the step Mm forward— Did they mention anything about
1: you know state tournaments or state titles or anything like that? There is a contingency plan, I believe, on the softball side that they can have some flexibility there. And Where do would... they play that? Marshalltown? Where do they play that? That's up in Fort Dodge. Fort Dodge. Yeah. Uh, used to be Marshalltown and Carroll for the baseball. Gotcha. Before they moved it to Principal Park, what, 15 years ago or so, is uh, those two locations. But some movement. And you got to figure baseball has a little bit more flexibility as well because... There's no Iowa Cub games. If there aren't Iowa mm-hmm. Cub games this year, they're going to have more flexibility. And I don't believe there will it. be, sadly. Yeah, and, and it certainly sounds like that's the route there's going. And so, not
0: just Iowa Cubs, I mean, we're talking all yes. minor league levels.
1: You know, we got some positivity on Monday on the professional sports front, and I'm hearing those same kind of things. Mention Abbott, the governor down in Texas, open up Little League. Mm-hmm. You're hearing U you, Triple SA teams are playing across the region, so trending that direction i think they're going to try to give it a go well uh,
0: we'll see so if they do and they're successful at doing so Mm -hmm. of course the big the the next big question right is is what happens when we get to late august right football will there be high school football and is it is easy i mean it's still outdoors Mm -hmm. um i mean i'd be hard-pressed to believe if they pull off baseball and softball that they weren't certainly will start with football at the very least
1: Well, in football, we talk about what a moneymaker it is at the collegiate level, but it's the same thing at the high school level. For many of these schools, this is a big part of their athletic budget. It was relayed to me, one athletic director in Central Iowa uh, said to a person I was talking to yesterday, if there's no football, we're not having any high school sports because it does help pay their bills. And it's Mm -hmm. not the same level of college or anything like that, but without football, and in order to fund the other sports, it's right. not going to be there. But if they play football, can they play football in front of fans? And that's the question that still remains, too. And what do you do to monetize football? Because if the NFL camp is, isn't
0: playing in front right. of fans, I find it hard to believe that the
1: high schools will get the right. green light. That you're going to have tens of thousands of people right. every Friday night across central Iowa uh-huh. are going to be packed inside stadiums watching high school football. And then how do you monetize that? And does that lead to something to happen on the television side or video streaming side? Well, then that's where, still...
0: yeah, that's where CISN, yeah. C- 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 Central Iowa Sports
1: Network. Right. And you guys, I mean, you uh, Pete Tarpey's has
0: um, got a tiger by the tail with this website, in my opinion. Especially, well, he's got it, it's going to do very well, uh, I think, most years. But if for this year, um, the viewership, the people that visit that site, like Trent mentioned, is, is Grandpa going to show up to these games? Probably shouldn't probably shouldn't but there's no reason he can't sit in his his home and watch mm-hmm. you know his granddaughter play softball or his grandson or whatever the case may be uh play uh, play uh, play baseball we'll see i think that um Tarpy's really got something here this year yeah this is going to be uh, this is going to be a good year for uh that site Central Iowa Sports Network uh let's get Ryan in here then we're going to talk about the 2013-14 Iowa State men's basketball team what might have been Edgem, Niang, Hogue, Kane uh Morris, Matt Thomas was not Matt Thomas yet. Uh Mitru Long is on that team, mm-hmm. obviously. What's the big kid who came off the bench? Six eight, six nine. Adozy. Daniel Ladozi. Oh, yeah. There's
1: there's Daniel a name.
0: Ado- Am I saying it right? I think I am. Um, yeah, he uh he play anyways, well I'll we'll get to it'll it. will come his will pop back into my helmet. Ryan's gonna pop onto the air with us right now. Hi, Ryan.
2: Hi, I, I got a couple. Would this be just varsity, or would it be all up and down?
1: Good point. I think it's the high school level. What I have heard there are a couple of different plans. One is varsity only, and that mm-hmm. means maybe an expanded roster.
0: Was that your only question, Ryan? We're going to let you go if it is. No, I had a couple other. Okay, hang in there. One thing about yep
2: about about the metro schools. A lot of them, if you compress the schedule anymore, they're lucky if they got pitching for four days, much the less yeah, if you point. play the games back-to-back that would put a lot of them really in a bind and one other thing on college football and sports in general if it got to be where they could play football but they need all the testing could you see some of the other fall sports not playing just because of the expense and saying okay We'll let football play just so they can pay our bills. So yeah, become an equal rights Title IX. If they're playing, everyone has to yeah, play. Yeah,
0: it's a great question to ponder, Ryan. Thanks for the call. Three good questions uh, there. That's a fair question. I mean, do you, do you, do you go forward with the non-revenue sports? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you honor the scholarships at the <laughs> right. very least, but can you? Do do you drain budgets by playing non revenue sports at the expense of football building up that budget?
1: These are all great questions. When you look at the fall schedule and cross country volleyball, some mm-hmm. of the other non revenue sports, is it and you know, we talked about this on the football side, many of the plans in, involve just playing teams close to you. Do you do that? And yeah, we're going to play if you're Iowa State, you're gonna play Kansas and Kansas State. Maybe that's about it. Yeah. You're not going to make a long trip right. down to Texas or I don't Texas think, Tech I don't think for a volleyball I match or, or a cross-country meet. You're not going to do those kind of things because of the cost that is involved. Mm-hmm. Cut costs all over the place. And you normally play 30 volleyball matches in a regular season. going to play 10 this year.
0: Probably so, at fair point. And so let me uh, let's go back to Ryan's first question because yep. I thought
1: it was, it was a great question. So, what does it mean for the uh, junior varsity and some of the, the, the lower levels? It might be certainly compressed. I think that's something that you're going to see. Uh-huh. Now, when you're talking about the Valleys and the Johnstons of the world, the the big baseball squads that at the high school level have 60, 70, 80 kids on the squad, 9 through 12, that's going to be different than North that might have 12 kids out total. Right at the high school level well, and they're compressing it, yeah. you don't have enough arms. Yeah, and, and that's going to be difficult. Yeah. There's many teams that can get away with that. And if you're playing you know three doubleheaders in a week, you can find a way. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be other schools that are going to be difficult and that's gonna to lead to the scheduling component. Now what what's the CIML going to do when they're building the schedule here and and talking with these It's going to be difficult to figure out how to get all this in.
0: Indeed it is. We'll take a time out. We'll take a look back. Uh, Roshan Corporation sponsors our look back at some of the better teams uh, that have entertained us in the state of Iowa over the years. Today, Iowa State's 2013-14 men's basketball program led by DeAndre Kane. I would say so. Edgem had a big, big role on that team as well Mm -hmm. his final year. Hogue was terrific at uh, Madison Square Garden. I mean, right. my God, that was an unbelievable performance out of him. But Matt, Monte Morris and Matt Thomas were still freshmen and still they have to come into their own. Uh, George Niang is on the bench after breaking his foot in the first uh, uh, round, first game of the uh, tournament. We'll take a time out. We'll get into that next. With you until noon. By the way, the 11 o'clock hour Governor Reynolds is here. We've been asked to push Cappy back. Why do you always play him early? <laughs> right. So today we're going to get Cappy at 11:35ish. It's really good, folks. Uh I think anyways. Yeah. Uh, Cappy's been crushing it on this last dance. He had, if you read about Horace Grant yesterday and him going off on on Michael Jordan, he did so on Cappy's show. Um, So Cappy, we tape him at 8.30, because it's on the air right now. We tape him every Wednesday morning at 8.30. We're going to play it for those folks that tune in late to our program today at 11.35. If you're into the last dance, and I'm guessing most of you were, um, you'll want to stick around for this. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And 106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460
1: KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Boy, you should know what you're falling for.
0: Baby, do you dare to do this? Because I'm coming at you like a dark horse. Are you ready for, ready for oh, you can't be Jennifer Lopez. that Jayla. Close.
1: Katy Perry. Katy Perry. The number one song in March of 2014. This song was? I
0: don't know if I've heard this, Katy Perry. I've I've heard a bunch of Katy Perry. You like
1: your pop music. I do, I'm sure you heard this one. Yeah, I have.
0: All right, let's get into it, Trent, because Kenny White's coming up in about 10, 12 minutes or thereabouts. Uh, Roshan Corporation sponsors our look back at some of the better teams. You know, Cyclone fans, Trent, really feel that they had two opportunities uh, to be national champions. Obviously, the Michigan State, the Mm Eustace getting tossed out, the Pfizer, that group. Uh, such a good basketball game uh, played um, in Michigan State's backyard. But this one here, this year, and UConn's path, they would beat Kentucky team. And I know on the server, ooh, Kentucky. That's no walk in the park. But Kentucky, don't forget, you know where they
1: came from in that? Weren't they like a 7, 8, or 9 seed to start that tournament? They were the number 8 seed that year. They took on, in the round of 32, undefeated Wichita State ah yes that, that was, was the, the number one seed it. oh i oh, forgot about that what a path. great game oh, that was. was a great game you talk about of the deck against wichita yeah. come on you get kentucky in the round of 32 <laughs> right kentucky struggled in that first game though they played k-state in the opener in the 8-9 game 56-49 was Trends- the final
0: trend Cyclone fans are screaming at the radio this 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 is not this is not kentucky's look back this is <laughs> right. iowa state's look back <laughs>
1: very true let's do there that is. right now now let's start at the beginning of the season Finally, the wheels were in motion. They made the tournament the year previous, but you lose Chris Babb, Corey Lucius, Will Clyburn, mm-hmm. Tyrus McGee, Anthony Booker. All mm-hmm. those guys graduate. Yeah. There's some new faces. You mentioned the freshmen on this team, Monte Morris and Matt Thomas. Monte Morris goes on to have just an incredible oh, career. Oh, my God. He was so good. And so during was the Matt season, Thomas at the Yes. <laughs> you know, Morris was a backup this year, but his assist to turnover ratio was through the roof. Mm-hmm. and what he turned out to be absolutely incredible. This team, though, we talked about a little bit earlier, DeAndre Kane. The leading scorer on the team, though, wasn't Kane. Was it Edgem? It was Edgem. Yep. Edgem just uh, out outscored him by a touch of 17.8. A fine 8. Canadian lad, oh, I might yes, add. I, I you know you love your Canadian. 17.8 and 17.1, respectively, for Edgem and Kane. Dang average, 16.7 points per game. Hogue at 11.6 Nasmi true long, seven points per contest, and then Morris and Thomas off the bench. That's basically a rotation. Seven man rotation. Little KJ Blueford. Yes. I little Sharon that name. Dorsey Walker, who yeah. lit it up in the Capital City League. Not so much on the hardwood at Hilton Coliseum, but how about my guy Adozi? Haven't mentioned him. What did he do? Uh twenty four games played, started two, averaged a point of contest. <laughs> okay. All right. Percy Gibson. I thought he had a bigger role than he did, apparently. Percy Gibson played 14 games. Did he transfer mid year? I don't remember. Played 14 games uh, overall. But that's your rotation, the roster. And it opens up the season. Get going. All right. Going to be a good team. How good are they going to be? We will see. We didn't really know, though, until the third game of the regular season. That's when Michigan comes to town. They were ranked number seven, Michigan. An incredibly good Michigan team. Staskis and company for the Wolverines. Dickie V also came in. I remember yes, what a big deal I that do was. I remember that. Yep. And it jumped in as was I was. It was a
0: Sunday afternoon, I yes, think, right?
1: There was NFL games going oh, yeah, on. There were. But I was Michigan, Iowa State for me. Let's take a look at the highlights late in the game. George Niang. It's the number 17 in the country. Niang hooks it up. Yes. He does
2: a great job. Back to day.
0: Iowa State knocks off Michigan, 77-70. to 70.
1: And they rush the floor at Hilton Coliseum. Why wouldn't they? Have fun, yep, right? Yep, absolutely. Well, another time they rush the floor. A couple games later when the Iowa Hawkeyes come to town, Iowa controlled this thing really throughout. Should have been a victory in Hilton Coliseum until the final minute as Iowa State comes roaring back. And again, that sophomore, George Niang, Gives the clones the lead. Off to Niang right side. 22 seconds. Niang to the right baseline. Cut off. Reverse layup good. Niang took it in there anyway and got the reverse layup and a timeout call.
2: The fires and buries it. Nothing but the bottom it. Now, down three. 10 seconds. Gazelle right wing defended by Monte Morris. 7 seconds. Left wing McCain. A three ball. In and out
1: go. No. Tipped around by White low. No. Utah rebounds and misses. And Gassell missed a couple of free throws. McCabe had a wide open look at that three from the left wing. Just rattled out up by three. Iowa had a couple of tips, missed both of those. And Iowa State comes mm. roaring back to get it done and win another one in Hilton Coliseum. Yeah, this is a hell of a basketball yes. game, Trent. What really those? I mean, you, it's hard to rate them, especially depending on your perspective <laughs> right. of the games. Yes. You're you're certainly more neutral rooting interest. than most everybody right. listening right now. That one's got to be in the top five oh, at, that at the, was the very a, least. A great renewal of that basketball yes. game. No and, question. And we really saw yep. just how good they were. Let's go to the end of the regular season. This is a shot that lives on. A lot of people talking about this one against Oklahoma State, a game where Iowa State really played poorly in long stretches, but Naz Long sends it to overtime.
2: Cortez free throw attempt. No good. The rebound to Matt Thomas. Here comes Kane. Three seconds. Ahead to Naz Long. He's going to fire for the
1: tie. Good. Yeah. Naz Long does it again. Are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. Naz Long. John Walter's a little excited, huh? Yeah. And how about who missed the free throw? Yes. Someone who doesn't miss. 90% free throw Unbelievable. shooter. Unbelievable. Put him up four. Nope. He misses. Uh, Come down. And a great look from Long. The door was open in extra time. They go on to the Big 12 tournament, and this surprised me as I was looking back just because we think of the recent success. Mm -hmm. This is their first Big 12 Mm -hmm. tournament title, 2014, since 2000. They do it against Baylor.
0: He's an amazing shooter. He's an amazing shooter.
2: Long again. Gets it back to the Cyclones. Hey, Joe!
1: Niang drives it to the hole. Wraps it around the seven footer Austin. Come back down in that game in the second half, deep into it. This is, you mentioned, was this the Baylor game where they throttled him? No, this was the close one. Down in the second half, they come back, edge him with a huge three that you heard. Isn't it great to hear Musburger on the call? Yeah, no, it is, Trent. It's great to hear uh,
0: one of the greatest voices in college football, basketball. If you've watched
1: college sports, you're certain. I, I miss him anyways, I do. Final win of the regular season comes in the round of 32. Carolina. Against Iowa State, you mentioned. Close no game. Yang down to the end, back and forth throughout. DeAndre Kane wins it for the Somebody close.
0: for North Carolina got hurt in that game, too. Oh, that's a good call. I don't remember. Yes. Somebody for North yeah. Carolina. Have to look at that one. Yep. Working the clock down. <laughs> Kane with a high dribble. Takes to the rim. Goes hits. Iowa State on top. Comeback win for a
1: very efficient comeback team, Iowa State. Marv on mm. the call, Marv Albert on TNT as Iowa State punches their ticket into the Sweet 16, where UConn mm. awaited. That game, UConn goes on to win the national title. Yep. Now with Dustin with Niang, Hope went crazy. Yeah, with Niang.
0: Different who conversation. I, who knows, right? I, I can understand why why clone fans feel that way. Yes. Linier had a huge sophomore campaign. Um, I remember that game because Melvin Edgem couldn't couldn't make a shot to save his life. Right? Kane, who was so good, so, uh, now at the same time, do do does Hogue have the success that he had well, in that game? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Right. Uh, but but Melvin Edgem really struggled in that basketball game, shooting the ball. That's one of the things I remember.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one, and this is going to be one that. That was his final game while. as a cyclone. Michigan that year lost to Kentucky in the uh, Elite Eight, a team that they had beat the Final Four that season. We mentioned UConn, who wins it against Kentucky. The other two teams, Wisconsin, got there, just lost to Kentucky by a point, and Florida, who was the number one seed mm-hmm. that season. That was your Final Four, but it was. Half Path and was season. there, Trent. It
0: was. I thought it, I, I can, I understand why they feel that way. I don't think that that is uh, over the top at all.
1: All right, Roshan
0: Corporation, uh, they uh, sponsor this. Uh, what do we know about Roshan Corporation, Trent Condon?
1: They can help you out with small business needs, uh, looking for construction, looking for rebuilds, remodels. They can do that, and the big projects as well that you see. Across our city landscape here, Roshan Corporation, a big partner with big corporations. Looking for construction, small and big, Roshan Corporation can help you out. Find them online, roshancorporationia.com. All right, well, off to Vegas we go. Kenny White, kennywhitesports.com, one of the
0: best in the business. That is not hyperbole. That is not exaggeration. He will join us next. Do a little sports Wagering, Sports gambling conversation. Governor Kim Reynolds at 11. David Kaplan, sponsored by Centurion Stone of Iowa at 11.35. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106. World Whiskey of the Year. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you Until noon, 11.30-ish, David Kaplan. Horse Grant was on Cappy's show yesterday and unloaded. Cappy will join us at 11.35. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. He joins us to talk a little sports wagering. Kenny White Sports, you can find, has already got his college football 2020 power rankings up. But there is a disclaimer, Kenny White, is there not? (laughs) <laughs> um, man we hope there's a season in the worst way good to talk to you my friend how are you hey,
2: yeah I'm doing doing well and uh you yeah, hope everyone out there is as well they uh, it's been a crazy time obviously unprecedented in our lifetime and we're hoping right now uh that college football will go on I know the SEC will play it's like they're playing no matter what uh but there's so many major universities right now that are going to open up campus coaches are back on the campus and Players will be arriving soon, so I'm just keeping my fingers crossed we can start on schedule, and, boy, I would love to see fans in the stands, but I'll take it without fans in the stands if we if that's the way we got to do it. Let the players play.
0: Absolutely, you No, know, I want to get to that portion of the home field advantage in a second without fans. But you know, just give our audience uh, kind of a four one one, if you will. What what's Vegas like right now? I know they're on the precipice of of some at least some of the uh, uh, resorts, some of the casinos opening back up. Some like the Palms are going to stay shuttered for. And they, as you know, Kenny, just spent tens, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, renovating that place. But what's Vegas like right now? And I guess there's a lot of enthusiasm for some of the properties that are about to open.
2: Yeah, there is. A June, they're expecting June 1st as of right now that the casinos will be allowed to reopen. Uh, there are many, as you mentioned, that will not open and and not even in the near future. It could be a year or two before they open and the MGM group is looking at opening maybe some of their smaller scale, um, hotels. Uh, New York, New York is one, um, the Lux, Luxor is another that they would expect to open. Uh, they're, they're, they're major properties. They're too many, too many rooms, uh, too upscale, and they're just afraid, uh, they'll only get 10 to 20% occupancy and they just can't operate on that. So, uh, they'd be better off keeping them closed until they, uh, know for sure how this works. And, uh, we're going to keep our fingers crossed that it does, uh, you know, everybody social distances, everybody, you know, um, wears a mask and, yep. and then everybody keeps everybody else healthy and, uh, we get through this uh, all together. So, uh, it is, it is amazing. There are, uh, many, many cars on the freeway. I, I only go out for a couple of things. I go to grocery shop. And I go to freeze. I go to, I do cryotherapy because I've got arthritis in my hip and I've been doing this cryotherapy for three years. So that's another story. Wow. <laughs> every, every time I go out,
0: yeah.
2: there are so many cars on the freeway. It, it is right, right now, it is back to normal. The freeway is packed. So uh, people are doing a lot more things. They're getting out, they're doing things, and um, we're getting back to normal a little bit here. So. Uh, can't wait for sports to start up. I was hoping the NBA and NHL would make an announcement by now that uh, Mm -hmm. they'll start their seasons in July along with Major League Baseball. That'd be great. We'll have, uh, you know, hopefully it'll it'll be a really fun time because those sports can then do kind of a tournament based, uh, finish to their season and really be a lot of fun. And baseball is going to be amazing if they play 82 games. How much each more game mm. is going to be worth now to each team will be amazing as well.
0: Yep, no doubt about it. KennyWhiteSports.com, of course, one of those free race going right by Allegiant Stadium, which certainly looks good. So let me get back to where we uh, a minute ago, Kenny. If there are no fans in the stands, a home field advantage normally three in the NFL. Maybe there's a couple of stadiums that uh, that uh, bump it up a bit, a little bit. Seattle, clearly, uh, I would think Century League being one of them, but it varies so much in college football as you taught me years ago um what does this mean for for when you're doing power rankings and point spreads without fans in the stands and without a home field advantage what that number would uh, would be
2: yeah you you know i did a study a long time ago for a uh, sports science they asked me to come out to la and said break down home field advantage in all different sports for us and I, I got a chance to really study it good and found out that Home field advantage is no more than the crowd and how loud they can be to influence the referees to make calls for their team. But it also does help for communication within the players. So the louder the crowd, the better the home field. You mentioned Seattle. They're a four in the NFL, one of the highest I have. Kansas City, their crowd is one of the loudest. They're a four. The Denver Broncos. When they're crowd and they're good, they're a four. They're normally a a three-and-a-half right now, but a lot of theirs has to do with the altitude. Uh, They're the one team that will still retain some home field advantage, at least a point, maybe a a point-and-a-half because of that altitude. If the season starts with no fans, uh, every home field will be worth zero for me, except for Denver, maybe worth a point, point point-and-a-half. Wow, it's crazy to think about that. Travel doesn't mean anything. These guys fly in such luxury right. mm-hmm. that it it doesn't mean anything. Get there in a couple of days, and they're in such great shape that it, it doesn't affect them whatsoever. So uh, it could affect them maybe after a game. I would think a short week is maybe where you have to look if you play on a, a, a Monday night and then have to travel and play on the road the next weekend. That's a little bit different. That's not home field advantage. That's more of a travel situation.
1: On the college side, is there any influence at all? Travel, at least a little bit different, and certainly when you're talking about the lower conferences, the Max of the world and things like that, Sunbelt, it would be different. Are you going to do the same thing on the college side?
2: Yeah, see, in the college, everything means a lot more because they are college kids. They're not professionals. They don't. They don't carry themselves like professionals, so they, they react different to crowds. Professionals are used to playing in front of that many people. They're, they're used to getting yelled at. College kids will react differently, and college kids will travel differently. You know how you were in college. You're away, and you're in a hotel, and mm-hmm. the crazy things you would do. You don't do that as a professional. You Maybe sometimes these guys will do crazy things, uh, and they get in trouble. But the colleges, 50% more time, they're the ones that get in trouble going on the road and the things they do, not being prepared, not getting the sleep they need to get. And uh, that that will affect them more. But college football, my home fields in college football, some of the best in the country: Alabama, LSU, Florida, uh, Michigan, Penn State are worth seven points to me. Now they're not worth seven points when they're playing a big rival because uh, th- those those big time rivals bring some fans into the stands, and they're not intimidated by that crowd because they play there every year. But when an, when a um, non conference team comes into one of those one of those venues. Over the years, I found out those home fields can be worth up to 10 points because Mm -hmm. those, those non-conference teams coming in are not, they have no idea what they're about to get into and those scores start to snowball. And I hate to take points with those type of teams because, you know, they're competitive for a little bit, but then they, they just wear down and that crowd wears them down. The team wears them down and, you know, they end up losing by four touchdowns. So a lot to think about, a lot to put into the equation, but it's going to be, it's going to be fun for a better. I'll tell you what, for the sports books. I don't know. It may not be. May not be the best time, of, you know, of year right. for them. And this is a change in any any type of sport. Change is good for the sports better, not the mm-hmm. sports book.
0: Indeed. So let's uh, let's get the four local NFL teams, Kenny, and uh, their their win totals right now. We'll start with the Chiefs, who are at eleven and a half. I think them and the Ravens are the highest totals that have been put out there. What do you think the defending Super Bowl champions? Uh, they what? They return how many? Is it twenty or twenty-two stars? Some ridiculous number. They got better, I think, in the draft uh, with Edward who I think is going to be a real pain in the you know what. But Chiefs at eleven and a half. Which way would you lean?
2: They really do. Um, here's here's my caveat that studying these win totals for the last twenty five years. If you go under every team that is 11 or higher, and go over every team that is four and a half or lower, you're you're cashing 65% of the time. Wow! Just blindly. So the NFL is built on parity. Uh, these win totals are built on what these teams did last year, and we know teams make drastic changes and they have different seasons back-to-back, and and a lot of it has to do with turnovers, a lot of it has to do with players, a lot of it has to do with dissension, maybe getting rid of one guy, changes the team, maybe picking up one guy. So Kansas City has the overall talent but they're the Super Bowl champs, and they have the target on their back now. They also have that big head, and they can't get it through the door. So those things happen, and you start to feel like you're the best, you're invincible, and you lose a game here or there. I haven't projected a 12.4 wins, but I will not go over that total because over the last 20 years, teams that are 11.5 or higher, not named the New England Patriots, are 1-15 in to the under.
1: That's that's pretty significant there, no doubt. Hey, Kenny, Uh, let's jump to the NFC North end. Packers, Vikings, the favorite, depending on where you look. I'm looking at a spot right now. They're both plus 175 to win the division. Of those two teams, the over-under, 8.5 that I see for the Packers, 9 for the Vikings. Who do you like out of that two-team group?
2: I love the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I think that uh, they didn't make a lot of changes, very few, lost very few really good players um I think the biggest addition they have I watched them at the end of the year um about five or six games in a row because the first time I watched them I said this play calling is this Kirk Cousins or is it it's just bad play calling and the more I watched it was bad play calling and 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 they lost their play caller he got the job with the Cleveland Browns and got a five year deal one of the worst play callers I've ever seen in my life and now they got Gary Kubiak calling plays who's been a head coach He's an offensive guy who's a quarterback in the NFL. He knows what he's doing. Uh, Kirk Cousins had a really good year last year. I've got him rated the fourth-best quarterback hmm. in the entire NFL. He got the monkey off his back. He won a big road game. Uh, it's his third year now in this system. And I don't care he lost Diggs. That's a problem they had in the clubhouse. Uh, Justin Jefferson is going to be a good pickup as a rookie. But they got several other players. Adam Thielen's still a pro bowler. And their tight end, Kyle Rudolph. The defense is loaded. I think Minnesota wins 10 games this year. They're the best team in the division. Uh, they're barely better than Green Bay, though. Green Bay's right behind them. Um, I've got Green Bay winning nine games, and they may have been one of the most fortunate teams last year. They were 7-1 and one in games decided by a touchdown or less. So they won those close games, and that's why they had that big year. I think they come back down to earth a little bit. Aaron Rodgers right now, I have ranked the 10th best quarterback in the NFL, so I can understand why they picked up Jordan Love. The last three years, Aaron Rodgers has been right around there, the tenth best quarterback. He has not played uh like one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. So we'll see. Maybe this uh he got a chip on his shoulder, maybe he works out a little harder, maybe he's in a little better shape this year, maybe he's a, maybe he's uh the he, he gets the offense. Maybe he just didn't get the offense as much last year. But it's not just last year, it's the last three years, like I said, he has been average. Um not a little better than average, but you know, this guy used to average 8.2 yards a pass. The last three years, he's averaging 7.1 a pass. His completion percentage is down 2%. His touchdowns, in the last three years, I had to modify one year because he only played seven games. He's only averaged 27 touchdowns a year. The three previous years to that, he averaged 37. So his numbers are way down over the last three years. So he's getting up there in age. He wants to play to his 40, but I don't know. He's been declining a lot faster than other quarterbacks. So, as I said, I'm in the number 10 quarterback in the NFL. Uh,
0: So, we got like two minutes left, and I got two things I want to save some time for KennyWhitesports.com. So, the the, the Bears uh, win total, what do you think there? And then back to your quarterback rating. Where do you have Brady out of curiosity? What does Tom Brady do for Tampa Bay and then the Bears win total?
2: Uh, Tom Brady, right now, I have uh, the 12th best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Tied, tied with Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers. They're they're all tied at twelve. So is is um,
0: Breeze where with Bree I'm, I'm guessing Mahomes is one. Is Breeze two or three? Breeze and Wilson are tied for number two.
2: I've got uh, Mahomes number one, a okay. uh, half a point better than Russell Wilson and Drew Breeze. Gotcha. and then follow followed by Lamar Jackson, and then begrudgingly Ryan Tannehill. I have tied with about four other quarterbacks right behind Lamar Jackson, uh, with Kirk Cousins. Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, um, and, uh, and then followed by uh, Aaron Rodgers.
0: Mm. Uh, Bears oh, yeah, win total. Ryan, Ryan
2: Tannehill. He, he Ryan Tannehill had the best stats of any quarterback last year. Hard to but to Year before that, before the year year before that at Miami, he had one of the worst. So uh, he's probably somewhere in between. Chicago Bears. I have uh, 8.6 wins, barely over the win total. Love the defense. They have brought in more players than anybody I've seen. 16 new players from other teams. They are going to either have great depth or they made a bust in bringing these guys in. But I think they really did a good job with the guys they brought in. Their defense is going to be tremendous. The quarterback play is going to be the question mark. Mm. can Mitch Trubisky get it done Nick Foles really isn't going to be the answer he could be the gatekeeper but he's not the answer Trubisky's really got to step up but if he does they could win 9 or 10
0: games KennyWhiteSports.com your uh, your power ranking your college power rankings is out I know that you've got uh, uh, an early bird special until July the 1st and you got that disclaimer if there is no college football again full refund uh, what else is coming up what can we look for at Kenny White KennyWhiteSports as we get closer to uh, the fall
2: well, I'm doing both books. I'm working on the college and the NFL, right? You know, together and doing both. So, uh, the college football magazine will be ready as a PDF uh, the middle of June. Um, there's a, and there's a discounted price up there if you buy it now for eleven dollars ninety nine cents. Otherwise, after the first of June, it's nineteen ninety nine. The NFL book will be the same. Um, the NFL book will be ready about July first. So um it's busy busy every single day it's all i do from morning to night work on college and pro football
0: and we'll be ready to have you on on a weekly basis once we do get to september kenny you're the best i truly mean that thank you good to talk to you yeah great talking to you stay healthy yeah you do the same kenny white kenny white sports.com as he joins us to wrap up the first hour of the program
1: good stuff we've been optimistic this week and some optimism for my bears eight over eight wow all right. I'm telling you, Trubisky's going to be the guy. He's Remember that hot gonna take from
0: the... you? Yeah, I'm telling you, not going to be the guy to lead him anywhere. He's going to be the starter. We... That does not bring optimism I, to it me. It shouldn't. I'm just saying <laughs> that Nick Foles is not the
1: answer. Oh, man. Where's Sid Luckman when you need him? Yeah. <laughs> How about Jay Cutler? Sign for that. You can probably yeah. right. He's got plenty of time. Yeah, he does now. The show is over. Did you see they announced no, it yesterday? Yeah, no, no more very cavalier. Well, the only reason we watched it was Jay Cutler, as my nose grows. Hey, mine too. <laughs> uh we will hear from the governor of the state of Iowa. She will join us to lead off the
0: eleven o'clock hour. Cappy, uh great stuff with David Kaplan coming up at eleven thirty five Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Thank you, Kenny White. Kenny Miller and Condon till noon, fourteen sixty KXNO, one oh six point three FM.